Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, anybody else go to sleep at a weird hour last night? Nobody? Yeah, no, I know that. I know you're out there. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. We dive back into basketball after. Uh, surviving whatever last night was i mean i i'm not gonna get into that stuff on this podcast but good lord here's something i think that we can all agree is apolitical and would save us all a ton of strife and that is let's just not can we can we get rid of the the active count it's brutal it actually doesn't matter what side you're on in this one because on the one side there are some states that count the uh, mail-in stuff early, and so they start very blue, and then they move towards red as over the course of the day because of day of votes. And then there's other states that's the opposite way. The whole thing is just nauseating for everybody. Democrats, Republicans, we're all just sick to our stomachs watching things bounce back and forth all day, all night, I should say. So why don't we just let these places count everything, and then they can just drop it on, like, November 10th or... You know, whatever, a week, basically a week after Election Day every year. That, wouldn't that save us all a ton of strife? I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm like, I'm cooked today, man. And I, you know, I'm not John King up punching on a, a touchscreen all night, but good Lord. Anywho, uh, we rumble along. It's Wednesday. Good day to you all. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hoopball, you can follow by going to hoop-ball.com or by following Hoopball Tweets or Hoopball Fantasy. Probably should start promoting that one again since we are seemingly coming up on the start of a season. Yesterday, we got more reports that the uh, the decision is still sort of hanging in the balance, although every little report that comes out seems to be leaning in the direction of December 22nd. And that's what we've been saying on this podcast all along. If that does turn out to be the case, I want a little bit of credit for reading the tea leaves right. And it's not like it was that hard. The tea leaves are saying to us, yo, we're tea leaves and we're covered in money. They've said it. It's anywhere from $500 million to a $1 billion in revenue, which I know we just watched an election that cost... 11 billion dollars but this is this is a lot that's a ton of money so you know you have and i'll say it every day i'm gonna repeat it until the cows come home every damn day you've got on the one side a handful of very well-paid players who play deep into the bubble who don't want to start this soon 
On the other side, you have literally everyone else. Anyone who's not making a giant salary, anyone who hasn't played in a while, and ownership and staff on teams because they don't want to have to fire anybody else if revenues are down too much. It's just an over... I know that like everybody has their avenues to put things out into the media and the Players Association is going to fight on behalf of all of their players. But when you look at it just from this... You guys know this. You guys know this about me, that I take the player's side in 99.9% of disagreements. I actually think I'm on the player's side in this one. It just so happens that most of the people involved in this actually agree. The teams that have been off since March would like to start sooner. The teams that got knocked out of the bubble before the playoffs would like to start sooner. The teams that got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs probably want to start sooner. And anyone, even probably the tired guys, anyone who hasn't made enough money in their NBA career to really sit back on it and be comfortable is going to want to start sooner so that they don't suffer the consequences. The superstars don't suffer the consequences of uh, you know, revenue knockdowns. They're, they're still going to chew up most of the salary cap because from a how many wins and how many dollars do they bring to a team standpoint, they are worth that and more. The metrics show actually that superstars are likely worth more than they're paid. But all those other guys, they want to be able to get something. So there's a handful of dudes who don't want to start early, and then the rest of the league and all the ownership all on the same side. So I, I still think it's going to be December 22nd. And as I've said before, I think a worst-case scenario is we find some weird midpoint where then they jam the season in a little bit quicker. So I'm operating under the assumption that we are one, two, three, four, five, six, under seven weeks from the start of the NBA season, which, by the way, is a crazy ramp-up. Woof. We're coming zooming in here, and with, like, no warning. This was, you know, one of the wings blew off the plane. We were just coasting along, and then we're coming down, nosedive, right into the NBA season. Well, lucky for you guys, and yes, I did snap just a second ago on a podcast. It was, I don't know. I talk with my hands a lot. It's actually kind of amazing you guys don't hear me make noises around the microphone more than you do because I'm moving around a ton while I do these podcasts. Uh, You're fortunate that you're involved here with the good folks of hoop-ball.com, and the reason is we're dropping it all on Monday. Boom. Hoop ball. Dropping our stuff on Monday for season-long DFS and wagering Monday. It's dropping. Did I do that right? Did I, did I get the right level of emotion in that? I can't tell you about it on today's podcast. I can tell you all about it on Friday's show. So make sure you're listening to our weekend episode. We're going to give you the full... It'll be a couple of minutes. So, you know, you'll have to bear with me a little bit. But we're going to give you the full rundown of everything that Hoopball is dropping on you on Monday, November 9th. We're coming at you. So at least you'll still have six weeks to get yourself prepared for the NBA season with Hoopball's incredible offerings. We got a lot of adjustments this year. Hoopball's taking it up about four notches season over season. If you don't use all the time you had off with our double off season this year, if you don't use it to improve your website, your product, you're falling behind. And I'm uh, very excited that Hoopball has been using those opportunities. And, um, 
Yeah, that's coming Monday. So that's a really big deal. We left off yesterday at pick 70, if I'm not mistaken, which was Gordon Hayward. I'm no longer going to do the Ray Finkel read all the names, uh, Ray Ventura read all the names thing uh, super fast. If you'd like to know more about these picks, Adam King has been tweeting them out. Um, I can probably do some kind of, you know, end a podcast graphic or something like that. But anyway, we've been talking about it for the last few days, and we'll just dive right back in. Uh, where we left off last time with pick number 71, which, by the way, is actually my pick. How about that? Pick number 71, we're nearing the end of round six. I went Kelly Oubre Jr., who was having a just remarkable season. No matter how you sliced it, he was uh, a, a huge win, and then he got hurt. And the win became a little bit less pronounced he was number 48 on a per game basis still by the way managed to play in 56 games so by totals he ends up pretty damn close to that 48 number uh low turnovers so this is an eight category mock draft which means that that's will bring him down the board just a tiny bit and I think that's probably why he fell past 70 to me anyway but um, he's he'll be ready to go by the start of the season he's had plenty of time to get right average 19.6 and a half rebounds Two combined defensive stats. Love that number, don't you? 45 from the field, 78 at the free throw line, two three-pointers a game. Just did a little bit in a bunch of different things. Um, slight negative in both percentages, which, you know, I, I wish we could get those clicked up just a hair. But the, the defensive stats are great. Uh, love the scoring, love the threes, love the rebounding. We saw him do some really nice board work, especially when DeAndre Ayton was out. And just, you know, he was... He was strikingly consistent considering he hadn't really been that earlier in his career even if you take turnovers out he was still top 60 last year so to get him at 71 I felt like this was uh, kind of a steal a little bit of a no-brainer where even if he takes a slight step back he still hits that mark so I feel pretty good about that one uh Dan Bespris old man squad TJ Warren went at 72 to Eric Ong's team now of course Warren is another instance of a guy who is a lot better in nine category he only committed 1.3 turnovers per game last year so he drops I don't say precipitously from eight to nine cat but it's a significant fall he's a couple of rounds better in nine category leagues he was 78 in eight cat and that is pre-bubble and of course we all know that he went bananas in the bubble if you include that in he jumps past he obviously leaps up the board a little bit, but he, I mean, he's not going to be that bubble guy for Indiana the coming year if Indiana's healthy. If they're healthy, TJ Warren fills a very nice role on this team, and his numbers probably don't deviate a ton from what they were this last year. Love him in nine category leagues, a little bit less excited in eight cat, but again, you know, if, you, if you've taken some chances, which, you know, Eric did earlier in this draft, he has Kristaps Porzingis who could miss a bunch of games. Uh, he went Christian Wood. We Well, we still didn't know where he would be signing. Uh, this is a very safe play at 72. We know he's not going to have a bad year because he's T.J. Warren, and he's extraordinarily predictable. And it's kind of amazing, actually, what Eric's been able to do with his roster to this point is to blend some of the most consistent players in the NBA. James Harden, C.J. McCollum, TJ Warren. I mean, you can you can build a statue of their fantasy stats on a year-to-year basis and then combine them with a couple of risks like a Wood, uh, like a Porzingis because of the health situation, 
and you end up with a fairly predictable and very good team. Let's turn the corner now and start round seven. Uh, Eric White, Davis, Bertans. He's on sign right now, by the way. Um, if he ends up back in Washington, his role does take a hit this coming year. Uh, I'm probably not head over heels for Davis this coming season, even though he did have such a great season. 1.1 turnovers, that's a big part of his value. Uh, usage goes down with John Wall back. Obviously, better in 9-cat than 8. You get a ton of 3-pointers. He's still going to have a nice role if he does re-sign there. Who knows? Maybe he goes someplace where he gets uh, uh, more to do. But to me, like I, I like what he does. I'm just a little bit worried that there's going to be just too much alpha around him if he does return to Washington. So, eh, not super excited about this one, but... Um, you know, nine category leagues, I I would I think I would get it a little bit more. I went to Jante Murray at pick 74, and I don't feel bad about that at all. Uh, Murray was number 70 in eight category leagues this year while playing his way back from significant injury. He averaged only 25 minutes a game this year and was number 70 in eight category leagues. And by the way, it's not because he was particularly bad in turnovers. In fact, he was pretty damn close to league average in the turnover bucket. So nine, eight, whatever... Uh, he was he was solid, and I think surprise surprisingly, he was better. Let me I'm gonna rephrase that. He was better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. He didn't miss that many games. He did have some rest days in there, and his minutes were depressed. But now you're talking about a guy who is progressing and has gotten healthy and is going to see plenty of activity like there's there's no reason why he wouldn't see uh, a truckload of playing time shot the ball very poorly in the bubble which sort of artificially depressed his numbers but I wouldn't be surprised to see his minutes get up into that 28 range so you throw another 10 to 15 percent on a lot of his stuff and you're looking at a guy that could jump from 70 to 60 or even 50 in almost any format will it happen definitely no but these draft day decisions are based on uh, data and probability. The probability is that he doesn't do any worse than last year, so he's already beating this number that I took him at, and there is a potential for improvement, which is why you say, all right, well, like the odds are he's going to be someone who outperforms his draft slot. On top of all of that, if the Spurs move DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge and just free up a bunch of usage, life gets even better for Murray. Although I will say that Derek White would be the much quicker beneficiary of DeMar DeRozan getting moved. He, he would see the bigger bump, but Murray would see some as well. So I really like this pick, and, and perhaps I've gone a little heavy on point guards here, and I got kind of caught up in the eight-category environment. But uh, I got DeJounte Murray, Devontae Graham, Lonzo Ball, all point guards, and then Ben Simmons point forward. At this point, I have four mostly point guards uh, in my first seven picks. But you can do that when you get Anthony Davis and Paul George as your first two guys. Because I, I took care of center and I took care of wing right out of the shoot. Ben Simmons is going to occupy that slot in the roster. And Kelly Oubre is a wing as well. So at this point, I'm looking at my team thinking, you know, I got a couple of wings. I got a big man, and I got a truckload of point guards, basically. 
Uh, at some point here in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to have to shore up the other big man slot, but I'll worry about that when I get there. Pick 75 was Rishon Holmes, Hoopball's prodigal son. Um, you know, he's a nine-category darling, but he was actually number 45 in eight-category leagues as well just because he was so damn good that despite his low turnovers uh, bringing the value down in eight-category leagues, he was still outstanding. Kings, I expect to be healthy this coming year, which means Rashawn's probably not going to get 29 minutes a game. But even in 24, he's still a fantasy value, obviously better in 9 than 8 cat. Uh, And at this juncture, it's a tiny bit risky for me in 8-category leagues because Kings might just Kings their way right out of it. But there's also a possibility now with Alvin Gentry running their offense that they're like, look, listen, you know, we have an opportunity to use one of the best free runners in the NBA. Let's get him out there and let's get going. So there's there's always upside with Rashawn Holmes. Uh, we just don't really know his role. The, the, not knowing someone's role and still being relatively early here in a draft, we're in the middle parts, but there are still proven assets on the board. And this year, more than any, I just I want to make sure we're getting guys that are getting playing time and uh, with no question marks over, hanging over them, as few as possible. Brandon Clark was taken at 76. Again, an, another kind of nine-category guy making his way into the eight-category discussion. And you're going to see more of that here as we move deeper into the draft. Brandon Clark was actually outside the top 100 in eight-cat last year, averaging .9 turnovers per game yes he will probably have a larger role this year he won't be playing 22 minutes it'll probably be more like 24 but is that enough to to leap him forward um probably not honestly in eight category leagues because he's still gonna be stuck behind Valanchunas and JJJ meaning that he's scooping up backup minutes at a couple of spots and we you know we love his efficiency but he's not gonna be a usage guy which again in eight category leagues makes it hard to really get that far up the board could he get to this mark at 76? Yeah, he could. Would I prefer some of the guys coming after him as kind of safer eight-category decisions? Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, Victor Oladipo went at 77, which, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, he had a terrible year. He's a guy that I've, I earmarked as a post-hype opportunity. The issue, of course, being does he get traded? I think they hold on to him and uh, try to maximize what they've got right now. If they're healthy, they're not a they're really not a bad team in Indy. So, we shall see. I have no problem with taking a chance on on Oladipo here if he, you know, pushes his way back towards what he was in the past, he could be a top 50 guy. Buddy Heald at 78. Buddy Heald was not as bad as everybody wants you to believe he was last year. He's actually number 54 in eight category leagues, although his minutes were trending hard down. He seems to have issues with his coaching staff. And if the Kings bring back Bogdan on a longer-term deal, it's going to be hard for Buddy to muscle his way into a larger role. He was much better early in the season than late. Little, a little bit too much fear for me. Um, although, again, you know, if you get him close to 80, it's hard to see him being much worse than that. What did I just say this was? 78? 79, Colin Sexton. I'm fine with that. He he kind of turned on the Jets late last year. He's number 83 in eight-category leagues. He was better than that the second half of the season. So, yeah, roll with it. I'm fine with him going around here. Thomas Bryant is your number 80 pick on the board. 
And I'm good with that one, too. He showed that he was healthy in the bubble. He was outstanding. He was a a first and second rounder in those bubble games. He's not going to play that well uh, when that team is fully... I mean, there was no Bradley Beal and no John Wall and no Davis Bertans in the bubble. So, you know, three everyone moved three slots up the pecking order. But Thomas Bryant feels basically a guaranteed wager of top 90 in 8-cat and probably top 75 in 9-cat. He should have a pretty good year if he can stay healthy. So, yeah, um, totally fine with getting him here as a second center. And actually, uh, this is Millman's team. This is his third center now uh, at pick number 80. Quick reminder here as we take a very short respite between bunches of 10 as we work our way through the uh, this 8-category way-too-early mock draft that you guys need to be signing up with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. It is mission critical. Mission damn critical. Sign up over there right now with promo code HOOPBALL. Our partnership continues with one of our most important partners, mybookie.ag. What do they got going on right now, you ask? Well, they got a they got a squares tournament going on. Uh, they have tennis challenger tournaments. They've got super contests. They've got their weekly and daily blackjack tournaments running. They had election odds yesterday. Not sure if you guys got in on that craziness. God help us all if we did. We may not have the results for those bets for some time. Um, and they've got referral bonuses. If you're referring people, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Refer bonuses. Get involved. Make sure they use the promo code HoopBall also. And it's just fun, man. So follow at HoopBallGaming. Sign up for an account at mybookie.ag with promo code HoopBall. Make that first deposit minimum 45 on a credit card. And let's just start winning money together if you haven't done it already. We have so many people on Twitter that are interacting on this every day. Uh, they'll tell you. If you're like, hey, you guys winning money? They'll be like, yeah, we're winning money. So let's do it. Let's do it. MyBookie.ag promo code is HoopBall. Pick number 81, Boyan Bogdanovich. We got two Bogues to worry about. Uh, Boyan was number 80 in 8-cat last year. He was actually higher in the turnover category than I expected. Played the entire pre-bubble season, got surgery after that, and then missed the bubble, which sucked for Utah. He averaged 20 points, four boards, and three three-pointers last year. And then we found out that he had a wrist issue that may have been impacting his shooting. So this is a dude that could actually be better next year. I love him. I actually, it's, I mean, it blows my mind that he was averaging two and a half turnovers a game last season. That, that seems exceptionally high for someone who doesn't pass. Right? He averaged two assists a game in 33 minutes. Dude was, had a negative assist to turnover, well, not negative, but sub one assist to turnover ratio. No defensive stats. He's never going to do those, but he's great at the free throw line. Great scorer. Good three-pointers. Uh, not going to rebound much in Utah because they have Rudy Gobert to, to gobble all of those up. But he's an, he's a very safe play at this point of a draft. Eight or nine cat, I would venture to say. Derek Rose at 82. Um, yeah, I mean, this is where he finished last year. He's number 82 in eight category leagues. I just, I struggle to see him having the same like they gave him a lot of leash in Detroit last year to kind of resurrect himself they didn't move him which was I thought very weird this year he's almost definitely going to get moved he has to and there's and there's no point for Detroit to deploy him heavily 
while they're into now maximum rebuild mode. So I, I don't trust Derrick Rose as far as I can throw him. Last year, I was I was dr- banging the drum on a take Derrick in the last round of your drafts. I got laughed at in a bunch of drafts for taking him in the in the 13th, 14th, 15th rounds. And then he was pretty good for most of the year. But no, I mean, last year was the chance to capitalize on a good story. He was going to a place where he could go play bigger minutes, take more shots. Even if that's the case at the beginning of this year, it ain't going to last. And we saw that when Blake Griffin and Luke Kennard were healthy, they chopped into his usage. And by all accounts, those dudes will start the season healthy. After that, who the hell knows? Hassan Whiteside, pick number 83. And that's a roll of the dice. I mean, he's a guy no one's drafting right now because I think we all expect him to end up as a backup somewhere. As a starter playing 31 minutes, he was a first-round guy. Uh, As a backup playing 15, 16 minutes, he's not. So I understand it. And I don't even know how you make a decision on him until we know where he goes. So I, I can't offer much more insight on that particular play uh pick number 84 was terry rosier he was actually someone i had on my list and i had to sort of scratch him off because i had too many point guards at this point but rosier was number 69 in eight category leagues last year don't know how he gets i mean i don't know how he moves back really at all he's finally getting a chance to kind of cut loose in charlotte I would think there's a a reasonable chance he either scores or assists more this coming season. Maybe the field goal percent ticks up ever so gently. This is probably about who he is. Right around number 70 in 8-cat. Pretty close to that in 9-cat. Just maybe the tiniest step backwards. Um, So, yeah. I mean, if you're getting him at 84, that's a very, very reasonable play. I like it. Serge Ibaka at 85. We don't know where he's going to be. He was 81 in 8-cat last year, largely because Marcus Gasol missed most of the season. Is Serge going to be a starter somewhere? Is he going to play 28 minutes again? If Gasol was healthy all year, Ibaka would have been playing 22 to 24 minutes, and he would not have been close to top 80 in 8-cat or 9-cat. So there's a lot hanging in the balance on this one. Another one to me that's really hard to talk about until we know more. Oh! Before we do our last five picks on today's show, I want to thank you guys for doing your part. What am I thanking you for, you ask? For getting good stuff over at Manscaped.com. The negotiation is complete, and they are with us. The partnership continues between HoopBall and our friends at Manscaped.com. So let's open up the new partnership with a bang. Get some goodies manscaped.com promo code is hoopball20 make sure you use that at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping on your order the products they are delightful they've got the lawnmower that's their trimmer the weed whacker that's the nose and ear hair trimmer a luxury nail kit called the shears they have deodorant body wash toner foot deodorant cologne wipes Boxers, t-shirts, travel bags, mints, shaving mats that look like newspapers. Brilliant, by the way. Uh, just great stuff, man. I've told you guys, I, I use this stuff. There are times where we have partners that don't give out samples to show hosts. Manscaped does. They sent us stuff so that we could see it and use it and then tell you about it. Say, look, this is actually really good. This is a legitimate, solid product. 
that we here at HoopBall are using and really enjoying. It's waterproof. That's the only thing I haven't done with it, by the way. I haven't used it underwater. Uh, I don't know, man. Or, or, you know, in the shower or whatever. But uh, the built-in LED, pinch-free technology, that to me is still the most important thing. They get that with the ceramic blade that never dulls, so it never ends up starting to pinch. It's great. 90-minute battery life, also generally unnecessary for most of us on a day-to-day basis, but easy to charge. And just, uh, just a great product. Manscaped.com is the website. Promo code again, HoopBall20. Let's move a few units here at the beginning of our new partnership with Manscaped or continued old partnership, however you want to frame it. Thank you again, guys. You've been great. Uh, And let's keep this thing going. Last five picks on our mock draft for today. We left off at Danilo Gallinari. That's pick number 86 on our board. And, you know, there's obviously the fear that he ends up as a as a third or fourth option wherever he goes he is a terrific nine category value always is massive free throw scoring three-pointer guy uh field goal percent was a bit down this last year where he ends up is going to play a big role Uh, and again this is a tough guy to talk about without knowing his status because especially in an eight category league if his usage dips his value falls off a cliff a low turnover is kind of floats him a little bit in nine cat, even if the usage comes off the table. But uh, he needs to be taking a bunch of shots and free throws in eight category leagues to to hit his mark. Pick eighty seven is Blake Griffin, which you know you guys I think would always expect me to just take a dump on Blake Griffin, but first of all, he does get a boost in eight category leagues, and uh, you know we're talking about mid eighties now. The reason we always kind of poo-pooed Blake over the last five, six years is that folks were taking him in the 30s and 40s. And we're like, look, he's never going to get to that mark because he doesn't have defensive stats. His free throw is a net negative. His turnovers are a net negative. It's always points, rebounds, and assists with him. And those stats get consistently overvalued. But it's also not that easy to find guys that can get you points, rebounds, and assists, and some three-pointers now as his career has aged in the 80s of a draft. The other guys nearby here that can score, rebound, and assist anything close to what you're getting out of Blake Griffin uh, don't really exist. I mean, Aaron Gordon would be a stretch there. He started to play more, uh, more point forward towards the end of the season. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich could have a nice scoring year with some passing, but he's not going to rebound very much. Schroeder can score, but you know there's gaps there. Eric Bledsoe, like the, I mean, there's little arguments here, but in terms of guys left on the board that can sort of explode, he's kind of the only one left. So I don't hate it at this point. Uh, there's a chance it doesn't hit, but screw it. It's round eight. Take a shot. Wendell Carter Jr. is the next man. That is pick number 88, right? Yeah, 88 at this point. Uh, you know, that's a, that, this is a, a bet on the Bulls using their guys better because he was 110 in eight category leagues last year. And that was on 11 points, nine and a half rebounds. He's not going to turn the ball over very much, but you can see the glimmers of fantasy hope there. And if, if the Bulls start doing things better and if he can stay healthy, you could see, to, uh, you know, over a steal and over a block a game, maybe a little bit more scoring out of him. 
I don't know how he really makes a massive eight category jump forward. Nine category, I could see him doing it. But again, you know, you're near 90 at this point. And if you need a center, he's probably one of the only two or three left on the board that's not going to totally disappoint you. So uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And pick number 89, Mikhail Bridges out of Phoenix. You know, he's he's a prototypical nine category guy with only one turnover a game. I loved that his aggression started to ramp up, uh, but I'm not drafting him at this point in eight category leagues. I don't think he's going to take enough shots to cover the fact that turnovers are his second best statistical category. And some of his best games came in the bubble when uh, Kelly Oubre was out. So I do think that there's a correlation there. I love Mikael Bridges, super durable, uh, nine-category darling, but probably not someone I'm jumping on in eight-category leagues. And finally, pick number 90, where we will put a pin in things on today's podcast, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who uh, seems to be stepping into a potentially large role. I know Adam King was uh, really irritated that he didn't make it back to him. Bogdan last year, in 28 and a half minutes a game, was number 114 in eight-category leagues. Uh, bad percentages, both of them. But I think for him, you know, the usage ramping up is is going to actually be a, a, a big help for his fantasy game. I mean, if you look at, what, like the last month and a half of the season or so, is that roughly when things started to get rolling for him? When did, I don't remember the exact day that Buddy Heald shifted over to the bench, but we'll just go ahead and say, you know, late January to... Uh, the pre-bubble season on Bogdan Bogdanovich. Let's make sure we're getting this right. Bogdan Bogdanovich was 94 during that stretch, and then he was uh, he had one really awful shooting game in the bubble, but then he sort of bounced back and was better. It, to me, he's a guy that should bust into the top 90 with his eyes closed if they do if the Kings do sign him to an extension and give him that starting shooting guard job to play with as he sees fit. Also, you know, their offense potentially taking a step forward. Uh, There are, I'll admit, there are a couple of guys left on the board here that I would probably take over him because there is a bit of uncertainty. But again, take a shot. The reason I don't see him maxing out that far ahead of this is because he has those issues. It's because field goal and free throw percent could actually be negatives for him. I think free throw, he might get pretty close to a could have a break-even mark on that one. Uh, but if assists trend up and scoring trends up, then that would cover up the other stuff. Simple as that. And that's where we'll leave it uh, at number 90. I, and, you know, I, I'm probably not going to go through the full 144 picks in this one, but I do think we should have spent at least one more day because there are some really interesting names that come off the board over the next 20 to 25 picks and uh, I want to get my thoughts on those out into the open we're gonna know probably by tomorrow I would think Friday at the latest what the schedule is leading up to the start of the NBA season so start getting excited about that and really start getting excited about the fact that hoop ball is dropping our stuff on Monday set your timer set an alert uh set the you know Twitter alerts for hoop ball fantasy Go to hoop-ball.com. You can sign up for our email mailing list. That would be another way that you could make sure not to miss out because we'll we'll send out an email about it when everything comes out. And I promise I will tell you guys more about all of this stuff on Friday's show. That's when we're dropping all the information. Monday is when all this stuff goes on sale. I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. 
We rumble along, ladies and gents. What crazy thing happened while we were recording or while you were listening? We'll find out now, won't we? At Dan Vespers on Twitter. Oh, by the way, recruiting. It's starting now, guys. With a season less than seven weeks away, we're recruiting hard. Uh, Full season fantasy, DFS, gaming, sales, marketing, whatever you got that you're good at, hit me. We may have a spot for you if you can handle the grind of a long NBA season and offseason. Hopefully none as weird as this last one. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Whatever the hell you may be doing, uh, drink some Pepto. We'll get through it together. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.